Hello and welcome to episode 8 of A Muggle's Perspective. This is the Harry Potter podcast where I am your host, Rogi, and I am taking my friend Brayden through the series for the first time. Brayden, how the heck are you? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? I am doing well also. School year is coming to an end, which is a nice natural break in my profession, so nothing can get me down right now. It's the middle of May. (laughs) It's a good place to be. It is, and now I believe congratulations are in order for you. You just moved. Yeah, and my wife and I just moved. We didn't move to a new town, but to the other side of the town we live in. Um, so yeah, we have. I have a garage now. That's a big deal. Ooh. Yeah, and a tiny yard. So moving on up in the world. Listeners, believe me, we are trying desperately to get Braden to move to Warsaw. Producer Jeremy and I have been laying it on thick. But it has just not yet succeeded because apparently Braden has to have a job or something. I don't know. Not that I know what I don't know what he does already. <laughs> I'm gonna stay here until the podcast takes off to where we can live on all the Patreons that are coming in. <laughs> we we do have a new record number of patrons as of this week. No way. Yeah, we do. Didn't you hear about this? We got our first patron. What? It is Rachel Merriman. Oh, yes. But dang it, we are getting $10 every month from my wife. (laughs) So, folks, even she feels like it's worth it to spend her own money to go back into her own pocket. So let that be a lesson to you. Her own money. Yeah. Because it's separate from yours. Yeah. Yep. yep. I give my wife an allowance, and that's what she goes (laughs) off of. And she decided to spend all of it, actually, every month on sponsoring us on patreon so that was sweet thanks rachel this episode is still sponsored by 4612 until further notice hey all uh championship teams have to make sacrifices at some point and uh rachel has stepped up so, so true well Braden, we're on chapter 16 can you feel that the i'm holding the book right now open to the beginning of chapter 16 page 262 and the right side of the book the right hand portion feels a little thin it does we have it's we've moved along and it's coming to an end here we're really just getting started i guess Uh uh-huh that's sweet so what are you expecting as far as resolution are we going to end on a cliffhanger completely okay there's no doubt in my mind okay so i'm adding this to ongoing predictions ending on a cliffhanger yeah okay excellent yeah so we start with Harry and Ron Hermione are in exam season. Harry's got to take tests and he's got to make some pineapples tap dance. And it's just a, it's a t- hard time to be a Harry Potter out there, you know? Yeah, like kind of as we mentioned, I think last episode that um, the expectations and stress and I don't know, just all of that that's heaped on these kids at Hogwarts is crazy. Yeah, I like how Page 263 opens with, Harry did the best he could, trying to ignore the stabbing pains in his forehead. (laughs) Yeah, not to mention, like, this is a lot on a normal kid, let alone a kid who has, like, a a burning scar in his forehead that causes nightmares and essentially panic attacks. To me, it seems kind of ominous. I mean, there's a hooded figure dripping blood in it, no big deal. This can't mean great things for Harry's future, I would imagine. What are the odds he's going to have these nightmares and then everything turns out fine? I would say pretty, uh, that's pretty unlikely. 
Yeah. So we transition here a little bit from we've got our exams. I always love when it drops in little history of magic tidbits, when Hermione <laughs> says like, oh, I needn't have learned about the 1637 werewolf code of conduct. And that just makes me want to be at Hogwarts so badly. <laughs> I'm trying to pay more attention to those as I know that those are probably like um, great trivia questions for you. <laughs> so I don't sound like such an idiot every time you ask me at the end of episodes. If your goal is to not sound like an idiot, you have signed up for the wrong podcast. <laughs> I forgot this is about me sounding like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so we transition here a little bit from those fun tidbits of exam-based information. And then here on page 264... Harry nodded. You made a little note here about this passage. Harry nodded, but he couldn't shake off a lurking feeling that there was something important he'd forgotten to do. So no, there was something he'd forgotten to do, something important. Which, I mean, it's, it's kind of convenient. Harry just jumps right into this brain blast, like Jimmy Neutron level discovery here. Yeah. So when I first read that, I was like, okay, is that just a huge foreshadowing or am I missing something? Um, so like, yeah, am I supposed to take something more from that than just the fact that he's about to kind of figure it all out and he needs to go talk to Hagrid? Well, yeah, it, he, he does seem later on this page, like he's just figuring things out. He starts explaining to Ron and Hermione as he sprints towards Hagrid's. Well, don't you think it's a bit odd that what Hagrid wants is a dragon egg, blah, blah, blah. People aren't just wandering around with dragon's eggs and... I mean, this ominous, this important thing that he needs to do is save the Sorcerer's Stone, right? Yeah, I guess so. It's just interesting, um, and we'll get to this later. I don't want to, like, jump too far ahead here, but, like, Harry is so bent on protecting that and making sure Voldemort doesn't come back. And to me, I find that interesting that, like, as little as he knows about his family and his past and, like, his importance here at Hogwarts, he's like embraced it so quickly and cares so much so quickly. Yeah. I had forgotten. Like I was trying to put myself, I was trying to put myself in his shoes. Like I didn't even know that I was a wizard like last year. So mm -hmm. now all of a sudden, like I'm trying to learn all these spells. I'm trying to keep my grades up, trying to make sure, trying to win back the affections of my fellow classmates in Gryffindor since I, cost them so many points and it's just like it just kind of does that did that interest you at all when you first read this like he just takes that responsibility so quickly as an 11 year old no that has definitely struck me much more on this read through than when i first read it as a six-year-old i didn't <laughs> i didn't pick up on the speed with which harry yeah seems to understand his place in this world i when you're talking, I'm thinking about this passage on page 270 that I'd honestly forgotten about when Harry is yelling at Ron and Hermione. Yeah, this is what I was thinking of. They don't seem to fully understand yeah. the importance of them having to follow through with this plan. Harry shouts, so what? If Snape gets hold of the stone, Voldemort's coming back. Haven't you heard what it was like? There won't be any Hogwarts to get expelled from. He'll flatten it or turn it into a school for the dark arts. <laughs> he says, do you think he'll leave you and your families alone if Gryffindor wins the House Cup? Um, Harry 
he the stakes is the word that comes to mind. Harry understands the stakes are very different from losing some points here and there or a Quidditch match. We're talking about life and death. Yeah, and it's just kind of, I don't know, the, the fact that he knows already with such confidence that like he's the only thing that can stand between Voldemort and destroying Hogwarts. So that's how it strikes you is that this is just information that he now understands because to some, and maybe to me, it, it kind of sounds like hubris. And you, like, yes, he does go try to tell Dumbledore, but that one plan failed. And he's like, well, I guess it's up to Harry Potter to save the day. Yeah. And the fact that he's gotten to that point just in the first book is, I don't know. I find that interesting. Yeah, interesting is a good word. I'm not sure if it's impressive or if it's self-centered of him almost. He seems to... Well, it's just, like, I'm thinking if I'm, like I said, if I'm in his shoes, like, I I don't know that I would just take this on immediately, you Mm -hmm. know? It'd be kind of like, I don't really know if I want all this. Do I mean, do I really know Voldemort's out there? I mean, I guess with what he's experienced so far, like, you know, last chapter, like, in the woods with... Um, you know, seeing the cloaked figure drinking blood and stuff, obviously that would shake anyone, much less 11-year-old. But just the conviction he has already to be, like, the savior of Hogwarts is crazy. Yeah, so he he does try to take some steps to solve this besides just Harry Potter does it again, Harry Potter saves the world. He He tries to go to Dumbledore and... I had not previously considered that Harry legitimately doesn't know where Dumbledore's office is. We haven't seen a lot of Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah, this book. So they don't. I guess they don't tell the students that. Like, they parade Dumbledore out there as like the greatest wizard of all time. He is the leader of this school, but nobody knows where he where he lives, let alone where his office is. Yep, I love how you said they parade, and so I'm just picturing McGonagall, like, wheeling out Dumbledore in, like, a wheelchair. He's just kind of raising his hand, and then she's like, okay, okay, that's enough, and just goes out the other (laughs) side of the room. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what's in my head. So he he tries to go talk to Dumbledore, and it's almost shocking the extent to which that doesn't work. Well, I guess, okay, we skipped over something here. Hagrid told my guy in the hogshead, the guy that gave him the dragon egg, he told him how to get past Fluffy. Okay. Okay. Yes. Hagrid's at the bar. Yuck it up. I'm not, I'm the three of you that are listening. I'm, I'm not trying to make alcoholic jokes about Hagrid. At this point, he's lobbing me softballs. So if you want to hear us try to make jokes about Hagrid's alcoholism, subscribe on Patreon so that you can get access to Muggle, Muggle's Perspective After Dark. You and must be 18 years or older, though. You must, or, or have your parents sign a consent form, which will be mailed to producer Jeremy. Or be willing to donate large sums of money. We will, we will waive most legal requirements. <laughs> the price doubles under 18 years old. Excellent. So Hagrid, yeah, he just can't keep his giant hairy mouth shut. Yeah, and I I just appreciate, like, how he just doesn't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. Like, I mean, it could have just been a dragon dealer. Like, you get all kinds of weirdies at the hoghead. It's the hoghead, Harry, come on. Yeah, it is interesting that Harry finds this out from Hagrid and says, we have to go to Dumbledore now. When, if I have my timeline right here, Hagrid has got this dragon's egg weeks ago, if not a couple months ago, right? Right. So 
if that's the straw, if that's the final straw that breaks Snape or whoever's ability to get to this sorcerer's stone, then it seems like Harry is way behind the times. Sprinting Dumbledore now isn't necessarily going to change much. Am I interpreting this the way that you did? Yeah, no, I agree. I I didn't really see, like, yeah, like you said, like at this point, Dumbledore is sort of a non-factor. I'm, uh, that's probably not the right phrase. Like, he's... Only Harry can save the world. <laughs> Dumbledore, too weak and old. Boring. Cat <laughs> Professor, forget about it. Cat Professor doesn't want to help. Let's be honest. No, I, I asked you here in the show notes, is she being deliberately unhelpful? It sure seems like it, and it's friggin' annoying. <laughs> so you're already frustrated at her for taking away points from Gryffindor on the last episode. Yeah, I'm not getting over that anytime soon. <laughs> but she really added fuel to the fire here. I, I don't get what, what, where the coldness comes from. Well, she is shocked oh. that they know about the Sorcerer's Stone. But what we should throw in here, your wife, a.k.a. our only patron, added a, a pretty great thought about that. Like, why McGonagall... Um, I'm trying to look back at the text. Didn't she say something about, like, Harry Potter's dad was a, was a joker or something? He was. Now, we don't want to get too much into spoiler territory. Thank you, Rachel. But... <laughs> She did mention... I didn't seek that out, so it's not my fault. If you think that's going to stop me from blaming you, then... <laughs> seem to be a little mistaken. Yeah, here. you're right. All right, well, maybe I'll leave that alone then. This is a professional podcast. We never scroll through our phones looking for <laughs> weeks-old texts from one of our wives. Yeah, I'm not ashamed. So she did say that. Anyway, yeah, McGonagall... Well, regardless, she's not helpful. It kind of seems like on purpose... I I don't know what the deal is with her. Harry just gets the same line he gets from everyone else. Oh, you're just little Harry Potter. What can you do about it? Go to bed. The adults will take care of it. Right. So, and then wouldn't you know it, not only do they run into Cat Professor, but also good old Gross Professor. <laughs> Snaperson. They're talking about Snape, and he just shows up. I feel like he's always listening. Like, he... Do in the movies does it show like where he lives or anything like that at any point? Because I feel like he just sort of never sleeps. He just like creeps around Hogwarts twenty four hours. It does seem like he is always he always happens to be out in the corridors at night. Yeah, he's just always moving around, always listening. And he just about catches them talking about him. They say Snape's going through the trap door tonight. Why? Why though, Harry? Why tonight? On page two sixty eight. What makes you think tonight? Just because Dumbledore happens to be not at the ministry? Or happens to be out at the ministry and not at Hogwarts? I mean, that made sense to me. Like, if if Snape was going to do it tonight, he's got to get he's got to get the top guy out, right? Out of his way? Yeah, I guess so. So, in order to try to prevent this from happening, Harry, Ron, and Hermione do have a plan. So, what is their plan for sneaking out to stop Snape from getting the Sorcerer's Stone and keeping an eye on him. So they're going to send Hermione to wait outside the staff room and follow him if he leaves it, while Harry and Ron, what are they supposed to do? I'm on 269. I, they just don't want to do it, I guess. They're just hanging out. Yeah, which, like, I don't, I'm not mad about oh, this because... He says, he says on page 269, and we'd better stay outside the third floor corridor. 
Yeah, so I get, like, you can't send Harry, because the minute Snape sees Harry, he's, like, got this evil bend towards him, so, like, that's not gonna work. Ron, I don't, I don't know, whatever. I So, I, it doesn't bother me. You don't trust Ron. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It doesn't bother me that they send Hermione, because, honestly, she's, and I'll get, I'll talk about this later in the episode, more, like, hands down, the real MVP. Oh, yeah. Like, this book, this whole series is about Harry Potter, but... I think I've said this before, like, there's no Harry Potter without Hermione. Now, how many times would Harry have died already here through the Sorcerer's Stone? That's what I mean. Like, and as we, and we'll talk about this, just getting through the trap door and through all these, I don't know, levels to get to the Sorcerer's Stone. Like, they don't, and Ron shows up important too, but Hermione, the MVP. So, as I'm saying here, though, I, I don't have a problem with them sending Hermione Braden's beef. I have a beef. It gets beefy for me why they didn't use the invisibility cloak. Like, if you're going to go spy on Snape and see what he's doing, which I think is a good mm. plan. I think mm. I think you should check out, you know, if you think it's happening tonight, well, is he getting ready? Is he going and checking on Fluffy? Is he obtaining the harp that they find later to, like, put Fluffy to sleep? That's fine. But you have... An invisibility cloak. This is strike two of Harry being just so bad at having an invisibility cloak, right? Uh, yeah. You'd think it could come in so helpful. Like I said last time, like just the most important possession you have, probably will have in oh, your yeah. time at Hogwarts. It's so important. And one, you don't take great care of it. You leave it places. And two... It's getting stained. <laughs> Ron got gravy on it. <laughs> and two... You don't use it in the most opportune times. So No, it, it would be so helpful because Ron has his little plan. Hermione can pretend to be waiting for Flitwick and whatever, and that's fine. But you, you're so right. Invisibility Cloak is way better than that. They use it later. Don't worry. He remembers it exists. Yeah. He just, I don't know. That just sort of annoyed me that, I don't know. But Like what, what the beef, you know? Yeah, so much beef. <laughs> So then we get through Harry yelling at Ron and Hermione again, and now we are we're about to head out, right? We're ready to go. We are ready to Heading go towards the trap door and Fluffy. And we are just kind of waiting around. We got a flute that we just happened to have. <laughs> yeah, that was conveniently a gift from Hagrid. Mm. Um, so we're waiting around for everybody to go to bed. Everybody does. Mm. Ron just sleepily says, well, better get the cloak. <laughs> That's a character thing, trait I really enjoy about Ron, is that he doesn't really get too worked up unless he's, like, annoyed with Hermione. Mm. This is kind of like, well, better get the cloak. Just talking about this cloak <laughs> in the middle of the room, like no one's listening. Uh, we're about to go see if we can't find this Sorcerer's Stone, and if we do find it, more than likely Snape and or Voldemort will be there. And we're 11 years old, but... So it's not Draco. I like to picture Draco there with the Sorcerer's Stone, like, <laughs> <laughs> or it's, it's Dudley. It's a Dursley. The Dursleys are related to Voldemort. So true, as we all know. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was bad. I don't know where I was going with that, but no, that's you're giving our audience what they want, and it's you haltingly just saying Harry Potter words connected to one another. Yeah, that is what this podcast is, so. <laughs> that is what this podcast is. That's what it is. 
It's just me and my book. So it's it's not Draco that stops them, and it's not Snape, but it's stinking Neville. Neville, man. He's got this new sense of confidence since Ron taught him how to fight. <laughs> and so he puts the dukes up. Keep your thumb on the outside of the fist, Neville. You don't want to break your own thumb. <laughs> so uh, he he figures it out, sees they're holding the cloak, the flute. They're the only three awake, and... Uh, Neville was out catching his toad and stumbles upon him. He's like, you guys are leaving again, aren't you? And uh, <laughs> to stop them, he says, well, I'll fight you. That is my role now. Yeah. So I am the hockey goon of Gryffindor first years. All I can do is fight you. Uh, yeah. Neville's got a reputation now. He's not afraid to, to throw knuckles. No. <laughs> Knuckle long bottom. Yeah. So, are are we proud of Neville for standing up to them here? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, but but here's where my mind went with this. So, I feel like Neville is going to, one, get in the way later down the road in a way that can't just be fixed with a spell. Or two, he's going to be kind of a uh, Benedict Arnold type, like, traitor. Okay. That's right. So it, which one of these are you locking in as a prediction? I think he's going to get conned into working against Harry and the quad squad. Oh, yes. Rip the quad squad. We're down to the tri-squad versus Neville. It's 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 the trios. It's Harry, Ron, and Hermione versus Voldemort, Snape, and Neville. <laughs> or maybe, maybe Neville just goes out on his own and defeats both. <laughs> Neville is our new overlord. <laughs> no, but I do think, and this could just be a totally ridiculous prediction because obviously he can't get out of his own way most of the time, but I just wonder if it's kind of like a Hagrid thing where like uh, whoever we're worried about at that time, whether it's Snape or Voldemort or somebody I haven't met yet, they can figure out that they can get information out of this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Neville isn't exactly a high-security vault when it comes to information. That's true, but he could be as we move along in the story. Okay, so we are a little concerned with that Neville is getting too big for his britches now, mm-hmm. and Hermione is like, Ugh, okay, I guess I'll just totally freeze your entire body. Yeah, I guess I'll just paralyze him. So she throws the old Petrificus Totalis... How how off was I on that? No, that's that was exactly right. Oh, yes. And uh, just Neville's arms snapped to his sides, his legs sprang together, his whole body rigid. He swayed where he stood and then just fell flat on his face, stiff as a board. So Only his eyes were moving, looking at them in horror on Neville. <laughs> so that's kind of the first task. They get through Neville, and now we're headed down to Fluffy. And they don't really spend too terribly much time getting past this giant three-headed dog yeah and this almost was my beef for the week like does it get increasingly harder to get to the sorcerer's stone as you move through these different corridors or whatever you want to call them maybe that's the idea but i they kind of act like fluffy is this like just end-all be-all for protection of the sorcerer's stone and you're telling me it can be put to sleep with a song it doesn't even have to be a good song harry was considering singing and then he found the flute have you ever tried to play a flute? I haven't. I had like the recorder that they give you in like yeah. elementary school music and mm-hmm. you learn how to play hot cross buns. Yeah, of course. 
Yeah. But no, I've never played a flute. Seems like it would be kind of tough. Playing a real flute looks so hard. There's so many buttons you can press. Like every finger has multiple options, I think. We're going to get a bunch of flute hate mail now. Oh, I play the flute. It's not that bad. Don't, don't <laughs> yell at me. I'm sorry already ahead of time. Both of our listeners who have ever played a flute. Yeah, whichever one of you plays the flute, please fill us in whether it's extremely difficult or actually not that bad. But Harry and Hermione both successfully keep this dog asleep by swapping their spit on that old flute. Yeah, I. so they just know how to play the flute. That's a thing that <laughs> we, didn't, we never really worried about. So, or maybe, like, when did Harry get this flute as a gift? Was that Christmas? Yeah, from Hagrid. So maybe in Harry's downtime, he's been learning to play it. <laughs> Everyone in Gryffindor hates him now, so he just goes out and sits on the lawn and <laughs> blows nervously into this wooden... Plays really like, sad music. that he has. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's how flutes sound. Flutes are trombones. Yeah, keep going. Just in case keep anyone going. was worried. Braden, this podcast is about making fun of you, not me. Okay? All right. So slow your roll. Sorry. Know your place. That's my bad. So they get they get to the flute, and honestly, that's pretty much that with Fluffy. Yeah. Step one. Like, there wasn't even really a lot of danger involved. No. There wasn't. Like, they got past that pretty easily, so... Hagrid just calmly told them. Hagrid... They go to Hagrid, and they're like, Hagrid, did you tell anyone else how to do it? He's like, oh, you mean how to play music to get past the dog? (laughs) Yeah, of course I did. Like, he's so chill about telling these kids and everyone else. Um, So now we get to the second obstacle on on page 277. This just makes me so mad every time. I'm, I'm upset. Okay, they jump down a trap door from under the dog. They land on a plant, which like, okay, we'll get to it. But uh, where are we? Uh, On page 277, they say we must be miles under the school right now. I wrote that it's on page 277. Are you seeing now on page 277? Yeah, right in the middle of the page. Oh, yep, there you go. Hermione says we must be miles under the school. So hear me out. They're on the third floor corridor. Okay. Right? That's where this charms classroom is, is a third floor corridor. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. So they jump down that trap door and they fell more than three stories to the point where they are now under the school. Well, it did say that Harry fell down, down, down. Three downs, I think. I'm looking for what okay. page that is. So, yeah, depending how you measure down in your mind. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm just thinking a story to me, give or take, is 10 feet. That, that's the general rule of thumb. A five-story building, you're up, you're up 50 feet if you jump out the window. So hmm. the, the rooms in Hogwarts, I'm sorry, the ceilings have to be taller than 10 feet. You're in a castle. Yeah. So they jumped at least 60 feet, <laughs> 70 feet down. To get under the school, right? Uh, yeah. And they landed on a plant, and it's fine. They went much farther than that, right? If she thinks they're miles under the school? (laughs) Okay, okay, Brayden. So now we're reading miles literally? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I was given the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they're only 20 feet under the school. But if they're much further than that, then, like, they legitimately fell, like, over 100 feet. I'm, there's no way. Onto a plant. Yeah. So... A, a plant that is just on the ground. It's not like this is a giant inflatable, like, bouncy castle that you and I once got in trouble for jumping on at church when we were supposed to be taking care of little kids. Do you remember this? Mm, vaguely. Do you have more details? You and Jacob and I are with Hannah, and we are in the, like, one to two-year-old's room. Yep, yep. And it's all there now. one of us noticed that there's a room in the back of the church that sole purpose seems to be to house inflated bouncy houses. I'm pretty and sure... We're, we're trying to climb on top of them. Okay. And we got in trouble from Pastor Bruce. Was there, like, an inflatable basketball hoop inside said yeah. bouncy house? Of course there was an inflatable basketball hoop. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure your brother and I were just doing ridiculous dunks. And, <laughs> I mean, that was some of the most fun I had had in quite some time. Yeah, that it was great. And then we got yelled at. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, fair, I guess. Yeah. But you don't get yelled at at church for I wasn't much. sorry, and I'm still not. <laughs> in, in case any pastors from Rock Point Community, <laughs> Rock Point Church are listening to this. Rock Point Community just, High School. <laughs> Rock Point Community High School, which would just be Jeff Strickland, right? There's no way any of the other pastors are listening to this. Um, and I mean, like, Jeff isn't either. Is Cam Monroe on staff? I... I'm not going to call Cam a pastor right now. Okay. Am I? It, does Alex Ehrlich count? He might. He, like, works there. Yeah. Okay. Shout out Alex Ehrlich. Listening to this podcast with only one eye, it's very impressive. It really is. So they land on this plant, in case you skipped through the last 30 seconds because you realized it was us talking about Crawfordsville. <laughs> they land on this plant, and no big deal, it's Devil's Snare. As Ron says, oh, I'm so glad we know what it's called. That's a great help. (laughs) Yeah, so thankfully Hermione is a human textbook and remembers um, that if you just can get, is it light or does it have to be fire? Well, Hermione says it likes the dark and damp. Okay. And Harry is the one that puts that together. Oh, so light a fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there's goes, no wood. <laughs> there's no wood. <laughs> so we're screwed, guys. <laughs> I guess it's the the second book is just Hermione Granger in the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> she just leaves Harry and Ron. She just has to sit there and watch them get swallowed by a plant. <laughs> Miles below. Her school's below. How is she going to get back out? What's the plan? <laughs> well, she can fly. She's so, she's so far below the school. I guess there are broomsticks. Yeah. Spoilers. Okay. So she conjures some flame, and that's good. That's pretty successful. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And and now we get to the winged key room. I mean, is there a better word for it? The, the room with the flying keys? I don't know. This one was like... The last two rooms, it's like, okay, um, random, yes, but everything about this book is pretty random. I can handle it. The winged keys, it was like, all right, I think we're reaching. I think we're reaching a little bit. So these these are keys that are charmed to look like birds, and they're flying around, and that's it. Like, that's the whole thing? It's just they a room attack. of keys, and they're flying around. Like, And there's just a door on the other side. And, like, don't worry... We gave you brooms. Like, we want you to solve it. There are three brooms here. It's like 
the Hogwarts escape room. Oh, it is. That is what it's Have like. Have you done one of those? Yeah. yeah. Have you? Yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, I, the ones, there's always like some sort of cabinet that reveals like an, a door to a second room. <laughs> and every time I'm impressed, oh my gosh, I didn't even think there was a room there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And But you haven't gotten to one of those rooms and see, just seen a door on the other side with a bunch of flying keys. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't agree with that, actually. That did happen once. Well, okay, that didn't happen once. But... I'm picturing Harry just have just like grabbing different keys and trying them and just becoming impatient, you know, it would take forever. Mm-hmm. And we did have an experience like that in a escape room once. Eric and I and several other people that you don't know were at an escape room. Rachel was there. And there we get to the second room and there's letters all over the walls and they have dots on them, like different numbers of just black dots. Like what like an L will be on one wall, it'll have eight dots, and on a different wall it'll have ten dots. And so we spend about a minute looking at the letters and, you know, writing them down and counting the dots. And we're like, there's no way that this is the thing, <laughs> right? We have to count up how many dots are in all of the 30 letters on each wall. And that's going to like mean something, you know? And so like, we just continued moving and sort of took some educated guesses and figured some other stuff out. We ended up beating the room with like one second left or some, some nonsense like that. And the guy came in and he's like, so did you like the dots on the letters on the walls? Because like you, all you had to do was figure out which wall didn't have one with 11 dots on it. And then that way, and we're just looking at each other like, are you serious, dude? <laughs> like, we definitely did not do that. Uh, well, you win some, you lose some. So, all that to say, it's a good thing. <laughs> what does Harry do? Oh, oh it looks like it's going to be... A big old-fashioned one, probably silver. Well, he's the youngest seeker in, in, you know, what, a century? Well, here's my question. Are there, like, regular door locks at Hogwarts? Like, the key that I have that gets me into my house or into my classroom, the little, like, circle at the top, and then some, like, scratchy edges for some reason on the skinny part, you know, a key... If I can just describe what a key is to you for several seconds. Folks, that was that was a description of a key by Rogie Merriman. <laughs> Support us on Patreon. <laughs> if you would like descriptions of other types of opening <laughs> devices. Literally, like, for two bucks, I'll describe whatever you want. <laughs> that's fine. Or if you'd like, like, a pre-recorded eulogy. Like, that's what I want. I want you to read that for me. <laughs> Yeah, I too just went right to pre-recorded eulogy from that, so I'm glad we're on the same page, Brady. <laughs> How many different kinds of keys are there in this cloud is what I'm wondering. Are there modern 21st century little keys, or are they all big skeleton keys that just have, like, two bars on them, and that's the key? That's kind of more what I was envisioning, but... So when Ron says a big old-fashioned one, I don't... Well, he said it's silver. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks, Ron. Maybe the rest of them are, like darker colored i guess well they get that they figure that out hermione rocketed upward because hermione's good at flying too why wouldn't she be yeah they do a real like i'm just kind of envisioning like a blue angels air force type formation thing here i don't know what that means what does that mean you never heard of the blue angels no so it's like this place you can go i think in florida where like you can watch the 
fighter pilots like practice and everybody says it like makes you cry is steven sells one of those fighter pilots i can only assume okay yeah how many fighter pilots do we need besides steven you know like he's got it covered i i feel a lot safer with him in the air yeah i agree so we get through that room and that's like okay there were doors there i guess <laughs> and we get to chess room you know you got your winged key room and then your chess room naturally and don't worry Ron is really good at chess. Did you see this coming? It, Yeah, I feel like chess is probably a big thing in the Weasley household. I mean, it was mentioned early on around Christmas that Ron always beat Harry at their chess games. But man, he just rolls this. Like, this computer has to be set to hard, at least, mm-hmm. you'd think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I have a lot of questions here. Does the chessboard just reset itself? Because someone already came through as we know from the wings being kind of squished. Yeah, because it kind of acts like throughout the game, like when one of your pieces loses, like it gets destroyed. Mm -hmm. Like it gets whacked over the head unconscious. They drag it off the board. And there's no mention of a pre-existing pile of black pieces. No. No, Yeah, so I guess they just regenerate once you get through the room. Uh, Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. And did you see his self-sacrifice coming? No, but that was just a real cinematic moment there yeah that was good it it really they really pushed like this i feel like this chapter was written for the movies because you've got ron making the sacrifice and then at the end like hermione and harry embrace and say nice cute things about each other and it's awkward because they're 11 yeah and harry gets embarrassed so ron's really good at chess he saves harry and hermione a bunch of times that's good Mm mm-hmm Then he sacrifices himself. And Harry, it says on the bottom of page 283, if I'm just going to continue nitpicking here, Harry moved three spaces to the left. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Harry is a bishop. Now, do you know how chess works? Do you know the rules of chess? No, nothing. Okay, bishops can only move diagonally. So in order for Harry to move three spaces to the left, he would have to be standing at this board, on this board at an angle. So he's like at a 45 degree angle, like crab walking left uh, along a diagonal of like on a checkerboard, like along the some of the black squares instead of the red ones. He's going along a diagonal in order to get to where he needs to go. So are you insinuating that they didn't actually win? I just moved three spaces to the left. Doesn't make a lot of sense. If he was playing as a rook, then that would make more sense. We're losing our audience here. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's just... I, like, this isn't that hard. So we've got Sprouts. So Harry's keeping track here. Or her, No, Hermione's keeping track. They've had Sprouts, the Devil's Snare, Flitwick with the Keys, McGonagall with the Chess. So we've got Quirrell and Snape. And we walk through the Troll Room. Do you have Troll Room thoughts? So I, I kind of wanted to know how the Troll was defeated. Like, they just sort of skipped over that. Like, oh, he was laying there. Good thing we don't have to fight him. All right, let's keep moving. A troll, even larger than the one they had tackled, out cold with a bloody lump on its head. So it got it got hit on, on the head. Hmm. How? So this troll has just been living down here. <laughs> miles, miles. Miles. Under the school. Just so far down. Has I like to think that Filch has been, like, walking down here to feed it. Yeah. Who's been feeding this? Do trolls trolls eat like people? I feel like I I don't really have any kind of pre-existing troll knowledge, so I'll go with your opinion on that one. 
They live under bridges, right? And ask people riddles. Is that what a troll does? I think so. Yeah. Or they leave comments on YouTube videos. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Okay. It's that kind of troll. Those don't need to eat then. No. So then we get to potion slash logic room. And like, every time I read this, I just am like, well, I would be dead. I don't know. I would have been dead at the chess room because I don't know a friggin' thing about chess. Um, I did, also, you break one rule and then it just, like, you die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, kind of a Jumanji thing. Um, but yeah, this one for sure. Like, Hermione's so confident. I guess if I could see the bottles, I could figure it out. Yeah, but not as quickly as she did. No, she does it pretty quickly. Yeah. And Harry is just, like, looking around. <laughs> Harry just, like, sits down and is literally twiddling his thumbs. Like, well, you're going to do this, Hermione, so, like, do your smart person thing. Yeah. So we get through that, and conveniently, there's one to go back and one to go forward. So I was thinking about this. Um, so there, the idea is here that the professors at Hogwarts came together and we're like, let's make different levels of security for the Sorcerer's Stone. Am I right? Right. So if that's the case, why did they even make like an an option to go backwards? Like, well, I guess after you set it up, you have to be able to get out. Is that? I guess if you want to go check on it, make sure everything's good, feed the troll. Okay. It just seems a little too like riddle-ish. If you really mm. want to protect the Sorcerer's Stone, like. Needs to be a little more deadly. Well, we're in a world here where dragons exist, and they chose to go with a riddle. Like, first years, these 11-year-olds were able to get through this. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Like, everybody acts like it's so well-protected, and it, I don't know. I don't feel like it really is. Yeah, McGonagall is just so confident. Oh, pff, Potter, just, like, calm down. There are wizards protecting this okay we we have fluffy we, we did anything we put some things down there <laughs> there's a troll we did not try our hardest <laughs> i'm told there's a troll we have flying keys can you get past a room of flying keys <laughs> probably not you're 11 it's just one the, yeah it's just one of those things that's like the, yep flying keys so there you go like she doesn't even like wait for an answer yeah yep that's gonna be too hard for you yeah like, let's say you could get past Fluffy, and you could figure out how to make fire. Well, I mean, the next room's just a bunch of flying keys, so I won't even tell you what's after that. <laughs> She's like, I'll grant you, maybe you can get past Fluffy, but <laughs> flying keys? Like, come on. Yeah. Hey, listeners, we just wanted to take a minute to put ourselves out there and let you know that we have opened up a Patreon page. Yeah, so this is an awesome opportunity for you to engage even further with Rogi and I in a Muggle's perspective. Uh, it includes perks like patron shoutouts, special patrons-only episodes, a bi-weekly newsletter, and more. Please give me a reason to write a bi-weekly newsletter. We're even going to give you a chance to appear on episodes. We want you as our guest. So if you're interested in learning more about this and becoming a patron, please visit our page. It's www.patreon.com slash perspective. That link's on Facebook. It's in our show notes. should be easy to get to. We try to make it uh, fun and entertaining, um, even the site itself, you know, going along with who we are as a podcast. So definitely consider it. Thank you so much. Thanks. 
So we hit the end of the chapter. Braden, I want a prediction from you. Are you ready? Uh, I figured you would want one. Yeah. Well, I gave you exactly what two predictions I wanted before we recorded. I want to know, who is through that fire? Mm, see, I really tried, like, racked my brain for this, because it specifically says it wasn't Voldemort or Snape, right? It wasn't Voldemort or Snape. <sighs> you gotta answer. What if it's Dumbledore? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, Mr. Old Beard Man. He's just down there hanging out, checking on the stone. Oh, he's just checking on it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. He's not down there being evil. Or he's putting a replacement stone there. He's way ahead of the game and knows that Snape's coming for it. So it's like an Indiana Jones type thing. Like he's like No, it's an, it's an Ocean's 11 thing. Okay, he yeah. Did it way beforehand. Ocean's way before. 12. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. Man, I'm glad that we've gotten two Ocean's references out of this podcast so far. That's oh, that's I'm here for that's it. two more than I would have ever expected. So Have you seen the really old one? Like the original? No. No? Okay. We'll have to do that for uh, Mogus Perspective after, after Dark sometime. <laughs> Perfect. So this next prediction should be a little more, a little easier, a little more straightforward. Will Harry succeed? Is Harry going to successfully stop Dumbledore? Is Harry going to successfully <laughs> stop whoever this is from getting the stone? What do you think? Uh, Yeah, because, I mean, the book has to go somewhere. I mean, doesn't mean it has to go somewhere in a positive direction, right? Harry could fail, and the next book could still happen. If Harry fails here, though, he's dead. Is he? I mean, I think so. Okay, so Harry succeeds because you cynically believe that there's no <laughs> way that he won't. I mean, yeah, I, I think he does. Or, I don't know. My whole point with Dumbledore being down there is maybe there's no fight that happens at all. Right. So there's really there's really no like succeeding or failing. It's just kind of like Dumbledore, you were down here. What are you doing? And then he's like, "Well, I was eating a sandwich and checking on the stone." <laughs> Where do you think my office is? <laughs> my office is miles below the school. That's it. We get down there and it's actually Dumbledore's office. Yes. So he's just so like good. checking over the 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 final exam grades and mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. So um, we do want to tease a little bit of an announcement we have for next episode. Hopefully next episode we'll be able to get it worked out by then. But we should have a sponsor in line for that episode. Woot woot. Our sponsor is exciting. I mean, we've been semi-jokingly sponsored by 4612, which is my lovely wife Rachel's Etsy shop, where she makes aromatherapy scented hot cold packs and various other homemade goods. But we are hopefully going to get a new brand, a brand spanking new Etsy shop that is going to sponsor our next episode. So look forward to that. That's kind of exciting. That is exciting. And we've got some more beef coming up. And we will hopefully have some more Patreon announcements. We have some different Patreon options in the works. Um, even if you would like to support an episode but not necessarily to promote something else. You just want to have your name said. You have a question that you want us to read. You want us to thank you. You you just want to see us grovel. Then feel free to <laughs> con get in contact with us. We'd love to have you for an undisclosed sum. Just support us. Sponsor an episode, even if you don't want to become a full-on patron. Yep, and as we've said before... We're not really looking to profit off any of that. It's literally so we can pay Jeremy. 
Yes. Hashtag pay Jeremy. And Jessica, honestly. Jeremy and Jessica. Is Loki maybe our actual producer now? She's the she's the Hermione. Yeah. Like the real behind the scenes Hermione. Real MVP. She's the real MVP. Um but before that, I actually have a surprise for you, Brayden. Oh no. Oh yeah. So I don't know if Hannah I'm I'm assuming your wife has not told you, but she and I have been in contact over this last these last two weeks. Mm, yeah. So right before bed the other night, she was like texting you and I tried to like look at her phone and she like turned it away from me. Mm. And I was like, Who is he? Yeah. So your wife is leaving you for me, your podcast co host. Okay. So surprise. I always knew this would happen. Yeah. Um, no, actually, I was just making sure that Hannah could clear your schedule because you are doing an extra long episode tonight, Brayden. Extra long episode. Extra long episode. We are, are actually only halfway. Well, okay, by time, hopefully we're over halfway through this episode <laughs> <laughs> for all of our sakes. Okay. For the sake of my dog that I have to get home and let out to pee. But we are going to cover one more chapter tonight. One more chapter tonight. I yeah, have... we've got one more chapter, Brayden. 17? Chapter 17. I haven't read 17. Exactly. Okay. I was. You are going to react to chapter 17 live on air for our listeners. Li- wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. So I'm going to read for you and you are going to exclaim as needed. And I will, ta- I will pause when you have thoughts. I, I just want to hear what you're blurting out. Okay. What is the first thing that comes to mind? We, I will pause so that you're not having to talk over me or whatever. Um, you, can, you can use the raise your hand function on cast. There's a little <laughs> bit of um, inside baseball for our listeners here. Feel free to click on that so I know that you've got something coming up, and I will stop. But we are going to jump right in, okay? Okay. Can, I have a request. Yes. Can you do accents? Uh, for the characters okay. i would be i will do accents for the characters but i will not read accents for the narration okay okay so i'm going to start on page 287 to finish out um chapter 16 through the trapdoor, and then we'll flip over to 288 to start chapter 17 all right let's do it okay it was indeed as though ice was flooding his body he put the bottle down and walked forward he braced himself saw the black flames licking his body but couldn't feel them for a moment he could see nothing but dark fire then he was on the other side, in the last chamber. There was someone. There was already someone there, but it wasn't Snape. It wasn't even Voldemort. Chapter 17, The Man with Two Faces. It was Quirrell. <laughs> what? No, it's not. <laughs> you! You! gasped Harry. Quirrell smiled. His face wasn't twitching at all. <laughs> Me, he said calmly. I wondered whether I'd be meeting you here, Potter. But... I thought, Snape, Severus? Quirrell laughed, and it wasn't his usual quivering treble either, but cold and sharp. Yes, Severus does seem the type, doesn't he? So useful to have him swooping around like an overgrown bat. Next to him, who would suspect stuttering Professor Quirrell? Oh, he's not actually an old, frail guy. No. Oh, come on. What are you thinking? So Quirrell is actually the bad guy. What the heck? What the heck? Harry couldn't take it in. This couldn't be true. It couldn't. But Snape tried to kill me. No, no, no. I tried to kill you. (sighs) Your friend Miss Granger accidentally knocked me over as she rushed to set fire to Snape at that Quidditch match. She broke my eye contact with you. Another few seconds and I'd have got you off that broom. I'd have managed it before then if Snape hadn't been muttering a counter curse, trying to save you. Snape was trying to save me? Of course, said Quirrell coolly. 
Why do you think he wanted to referee your next match? He was trying to make sure I didn't do it again. Funny, really. He needn't have bothered. I couldn't do anything with Dumbledore watching. All the other teachers thought Snape was trying to stop Gryffindor from winning. He did make himself unpopular. And what a waste of time when after all that, I'm going to kill you tonight. What the heck? So what's the point of Snape? <laughs> Snape was, he's been trying to save Harry, right? That's what Quirrell says. I can't do this. Yes, you can. Quirrell snapped his fingers. Ropes sprang out of thin air and wrapped themselves tightly around Harry. Of course they did. Because he's not an old man. He has rope hands. And he's young. <laughs> You're too nosy to live, Potter. Scurrying around the school on Halloween like that. For all I knew, you'd seen me coming to look at what, what was guarding the stone. You let the troll in? Certainly, I have a special gift with trolls. You must have seen <laughs> what? what I did to the one in the chamber back there. A gifted one with trolls, that quarrel is. <laughs> he graduated with a minor in troll murdering. <laughs> Unfortunately, while everyone else was running around looking for it, Snape, who had already suspected me, went straight to the third floor to head me off. And not only did my troll fail to beat you to death, that three-headed dog didn't even manage to bite Snape's leg off properly. Now, wait quietly, Potter. I need to examine this interesting mirror. Did I drop out of British accent there? Okay. What is this? Now, hold on a second. There's a mirror. <laughs> it was only then that Harry realized what was standing behind Quirrell. It was the mirror of Erisa. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, snap. The mirror came back, yo. Did we? Did I ask you if it was going to come back on a previous episode? I think maybe. Yeah. And it did. It did come back. It's almost like I knew. That's that's weird. This mirror is the key to finding the stone, Quirrell murmured. This mirror is the key. <laughs> Tapping his way around the frame. Trust Dumbledore to come up with something like this. But he's in London. I'll be far away by the time he gets back. All Harry could think of doing was to keep Quirrell talking and stop him from concentrating on the mirror. I saw you and Snape in the forest, he blurted out. Yes, said Quirrell idly, walking around the mirror to look at the back. He was on to me by that time, trying to figure out how far I'd got. He suspected me all along. Tried to frighten me, as though he could, when I had Lord Voldemort on my side. What? Quirrell came back from behind the mirror and stared hungrily into it. I see the stone. I'm presenting it to my master. But where is it? Harry struggled against the ropes binding him, but they didn't give. He had to keep Quirrell from giving his whole attention to that mirror. But Snape always seemed to hate me so much. Oh, he does, <laughs> said Quirrell casually. <laughs> Heavens, yes. He was at Hogwarts with your father, didn't you know? They loathed each other, but he never wanted you dead. But I heard you a few days ago, sobbing. I thought Snape was threatening you. For the first time, a spasm of fear flitted across Quirrell's face. Sometimes, he said. <laughs> I find it hard to follow my master's instructions. He is a great wizard, and I am weak. You mean he was there in the classroom with you? Harry gasped. He is with me wherever I go, said Quirrell quietly. I met him when I traveled around the world. A foolish young man I was then, full of ridiculous ideas about good and evil. Lord Voldemort showed me how wrong I was. There is no good and evil, there is only power, and those too weak to seek it. Since then, I have served him faithfully, although I have let him down many times. He has had to be very hard on me. <laughs> Quirrell shivered suddenly. He does not forgive mistakes easily. When I failed to steal the stone from Gringotts, he was most displeased. He punished me, decided that he would have to keep a closer watch on me. 
Quirrell. Quirrell's voice trailed away. Harry was remembering his trip to Diagon Alley. How could he have been so stupid? He'd seen Quirrell there that very day, shaking hands with him in the leaky cauldron. Quirrell was there, Brandon. This is bizarre. Quirrell cursed under his breath. I don't understand. Is the stone inside the mirror? Should I break it? (laughs) This, This is great. Harry's mind was racing. What I want more than anything else in the world at the moment, he thought, is to find the stone before Quirrell does. So... If I look in the mirror, I should see myself finding it, which means I'll see where it's hidden. But how can I look with, without Quirrell realizing what I'm up to? He tried to edge to the left to get in front of the glass without Quirrell noticing, but the ropes around his ankles were too tight. He tripped and fell over. <laughs> so <laughs> Quirrell ignored him. He was still talking to himself. So Harry's lying on the ground with Quirrell and a mirror in the room. <laughs> What does the mirror so do? So Quirrell's just this... Uh, he's, he's not an old frail man. He's an all-powerful servant of Lord Voldemort. But he can't figure out how a mirror works. <laughs> well, wasn't it, isn't it vampires that you can't see the reflection <laughs> in the mirrors? Something like that. Uh, so he's a vampire. <laughs> Confirmed. I'll put that in predictions. What does this mirror do? How does it work? Help me, master. And to Harry's horror, a voice answered. And the voice seemed to come from Quirrell himself. Use the boy. Use the boy. (laughs) Quirrell rounded on Harry. Yes, Potter, come here. He clapped his hands once, and the ropes binding Harry fell off. Oh, that's nice. Harry got slowly to his feet. Come here, Quirrell repeated. Look in the mirror and tell me what you see. Harry walked toward him. I must lie, he thought desperately. I must look and lie about what I see, that's all. Quirrell moved closer. Quirrell moved... I'm not doing this Rubbish accent. (laughs) Quirrell moved closer behind him. Harry breathed in the funny smell that seemed to come from Quirrell's turban. He closed his eyes, stepped in front of the mirror, and opened them again. What's the funny smell? What's the funny smell? He saw his reflection, pale and scared looking at first, but a moment later, the reflection smiled at him. It put its hand into his pocket and pulled out a blood-red stone. It winked and put the stone back in its pocket. And as it did so, Harry felt something heavy deep into his real pocket. Somehow, incredibly it was a dragon egg he'd gotten the stone (laughs) well said quirrell impatiently what do you see harry screwed up his courage i see myself shaking hands with dumbledore (coughs) he invented i i've won the house cup for gryffindor i'm having a beer with hagrid (laughs) well hagrid's having several beers and (laughs) quirrell cursed again get out of the way he said as harry moved aside he felt the sorcerer's stone against his leg Dare he make a break for it? So Harry's like, oh, now I've got this stone that lets me live forever. <laughs> and I am a <Okay>. seeker. <laughs> the youngest in a century. But he hadn't walked five paces before a high voice spoke, though Quirrell wasn't moving his lips. He lies. He lies. Potter, come back here, Quirrell shouted. Oh, shouted. Potter, come back here. <laughs> Tell me the truth. What did you just see? The high voice spoke again. Let me speak to him face to face Man. that's the first time he didn't repeat himself you are really killing the voldemort voice that is creepy Thank as you. anything oh that's so sweet master you're not strong enough i have strength enough <laughs> for this i have unicorn blood <laughs> harry felt as if devil's snare was rooting him to the spot he couldn't move a muscle petrified he watched as quirrell reached up and began to unwrap his turban what was going on the turban fell away Quirrell's head looked strangely small without it. And he had like a Mr. T mohawk. Then he turned slowly on the spot. 
Harry would have screamed, but he couldn't make a sound. Where there should have been a back to Quirrell's head, there was a face, the most terrible face Harry had ever seen. It was chalk white, with glaring red eyes and slits for nostrils, like a snake. Harry Potter, it whispered. Harry tried to take a step backward, but his legs wouldn't move. Thoughts, Brayden? None. I'm pretty much speechless at this point. So, so... Vol- Voldemort can become the back of Quirrell's head. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's move forward. <laughs> okay. See what I have become. The face said. <laughs> oh, great. Mere shadow and vapor. I have form only when I can share another's body. But there have always been those willing to let me into their hearts and minds. Unicorn blood has strengthened me these past weeks. You saw Faithful Quirrell drinking it for me in the forest. They just know what Harry has seen. And once I have the elixir of life, I will be able to create a body of my own. Now, why don't you give me that stone in your pocket? (laughs) So he knew. So he knew. The feeling suddenly surged back into Harry's legs. He stumbled backward. Don't be a fool, snarled the face. Better save your own life and join me, or you'll meet the same end as your parents. They died begging me for mercy. Liar! Harry shouted suddenly. Quirrell was walking backward at him. <laughs> He's a, like a terrifying backwards-moving zombie. Quirrell was walking backward at him so that Voldemort could see him. The evil face was now smiling. How touching, it hissed. I always value bravery. Yes, boy, your parents were brave. I killed your father first, and he put up a courageous fight. But your mother needn't have died. She was trying to protect you. Now give me the stone, unless you want to her to have died in vain. Never! <laughs> Harry, sprang- <laughs> Harry sprang toward the flame door, but Voldemort screamed, Seize him! And the next second, Harry felt Quirrell's hand close on his wrist. At once, a needle-sharp pain seared across Harry's scar. His head felt as though it was about to split in two. He yelled, struggling with all his might, and, to his surprise, Quirrell let go of him. Oh, that was easy. (laughs) The pain in his head lessened. He looked around wildly to see where Quirrell had gone, and saw him hunched in pain, looking at his fingers. They were blistering before his eyes. What? Why? Why? What do you think? Rope burn? Yep. Wow, you're on it. Seize him! Seize him! Shriek. Well, I can't shriek. That's me shrieking. That sounded like it hurt. And Quirrell lunged, knocking Harry clean off his feet, landing on top of him, both hands around Harry's neck. Harry's scar was almost blinding him with pain, yet he could see Quirrell howling in agony. Master, I cannot hold him. My hands! My hands! And Quirrell, though pinning Harry to the ground with his knees, let go of his neck and stared bewildered at his own palms. Harry could see that they looked burned, red, raw, and shiny. Got it. Rope burn. Then kill him, fool, and be done, screeched Voldemort. Harry raised his hand, Quirrell raised his hand to perform a deadly curse. But Harry, by instinct, reached up and grabbed Quirrell's face. (laughs) Quirrell rolled off him, his face blistering too. Then Harry knew. Quirrell couldn't touch his bare skin, not without suffering terrible pain. His only chance was to keep hold of Quirrell, keep Harry in enough pain to stop him from doing a curse. (laughs) Doing a curse, as the kids say. (laughs) Harry jumped to his feet, caught Quirrell by the arm, and hung on as tight as he could. Harry screamed, 
No, Quirrell screamed and tried to throw Harry off. The pain in Harry's head was building. He couldn't see. He could only hear Quirrell's terrible shrieks and Voldemort's yells of, Kill him! Kill him! (laughs) And other voices, maybe in Harry's head, crying, Harry! Harry! He felt Quirrell's arm wrenched from his grasp, knew all was lost, and fell into darkness. Blackness. Down. 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 What just happened? What just happened? Explain it to me. So... Coral can't kill Harry because Harry has some sort of... Is it because Harry has the stone? Mm. Or does Harry have some sort of power against... I, I don't know. I'm thinking it's because he... At this point, does he still have the stone in his pocket? Yeah. I, I guess that would be why. Okay. That makes sense. But then to combat against that, instead of choking Harry, maybe Quirrell's like trying to rip his pocket... Or something. Get the stone out. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, his pocket isn't made of skin. I can touch that. He's not a kangaroo. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't don't know. This is... I don't know what's going on. Something gold was glinting just above him. The snitch. He tried to catch it, but his arms were too heavy. He blinked. It wasn't the snitch at all. It was a pair of glasses. How strange. He blinked again. The smiling face of Albus Dumbledore swam into view above him. So, is Dumbledore literally swimming? Because that's what's in my... (laughs) Good afternoon, Harry. I'm not doing that. Said Dumbledore. Harry stared at him. Then he remembered. Sir, the stone. It was Quirrell. He got the stone. Sir, quick. Calm yourself, dear boy. You are a little behind the times. Said Dumbledore. Quirrell does not have the stone. Then who does? Sir, I... Harry, please relax, or Madame Pomfrey will have me thrown out. Harry swallowed and looked around him. He realized he must be in the hospital wing. He was lying in a bed with white linen sheets, and next to him was a table piled high with what looked like half the candy shop. Tokens from your friends and admirers, said Dumbledore, beaming. What happened down in the dungeons between you and Professor Quirrell is a complete secret, so naturally the whole school knows. (laughs) I believe your friends, Mr. Fred and George Weasley, were responsible for sending you a toilet seat. No doubt they thought it would amuse you. Madame Pomfrey, however, felt it might not be very hygienic and confiscated it. I I love that. Fred and George. (laughs) They're the best. (laughs) They're they're the best. How long have I been in here? Three days. Mr. Ronald Weasley and Miss Granger will be most relieved that you have come round. He can't pronounce Hermione's first name. That's the problem. (laughs) Mr. Ronald Weasley and Miss uh, Granger. That girl. (laughs) They will be extremely... They've been extremely worried. But, sir, the stone... I see you are not to be distracted. Very well, the stone. Very well, the stone. Professor Quirrell did not manage to take it from you. I arrived in time to prevent that, although you were doing very well on your own, I must say. You got there? You got Hermione's owl? We must have crossed in midair. No sooner had I reached London than it became clear to me that the place I should be was the one I had just left. I arrived just in time to pull Quirrell off of you. It was you. I feared I might be too late. You nearly were. I couldn't have kept him off the stone much longer. Not the stone boy, you. The effort involved nearly killed you. For one terrible moment there, I was afraid it had. As for the stone, it has been destroyed. Destroyed? said Harry blankly. But your friend, Nicholas Flamel. Oh, you know about Nicholas, said Dumbledore, sounding quite delighted. You did do the thing properly, didn't you? Well, Nicholas and I have had a little chat and agreed that it's all for the best. I don't believe that. But that but that means, that means he and his wife will die, won't they? Lies. <laughs> So Dumbledore went to Flamel's house and he was like, 
Um, okay, so like you're gonna die now. We gotta come up with some better security for this thing. <laughs> so figure it out. Oh wait, the stone isn't destroyed. No. Okay. Dumbledore smiled at a look of amusement on Harry's face. To one as young as you, I'm sure it seems incredible, but to Nicholas and Perinel, it really is like going to bed after a very, very long day. After all, to the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. (laughs) You know, the stone was really not such a wonderful thing. What's up? No, I just thought that was an an interesting take. After all, (laughs) to the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. Yeah. As much money and life as you could want, the two things most human beings would choose above all. The trouble is, humans do have a knack of choosing precisely those things that are worse for them. Ain't that the truth? Harry lay there, lost for words. Dumbledore hummed a little and smiled at the ceiling. Sir, said Harry, I've been thinking. Sir, even if the stone's gone, Vol, I mean, you know who. Call him Voldemort, Harry. Always use the proper name for things. Fear of a name increases fear of the thing itself. Hmm. Yes, sir. Well, Voldemort's going to try other ways of coming back, isn't he? I mean, he hasn't gone, has he? No, Harry, he is not. He's still out there somewhere, perhaps looking for another body to share. Not being truly alive, he cannot be killed. He left Quirrell to die. He shows just as little mercy to his followers as to his enemies. Nevertheless, Harry, while you may only have delayed his return to power, it will merely take someone else who is prepared to fight what seems a losing battle next time. And if he's delayed again, and again... Why, he may never return to power. Harry nodded, but stopped quickly, because it made his head hurt. (laughs) Classic Harry. Then he said, Sir, there are some other things I'd like to know, uh, if you can tell me. Things I want to know the truth about. (sighs) The truth, Dumbledore sighed. It is a beautiful and terrible thing, and should therefore be treated with great caution. However, I shall answer your questions, unless I have very good reason not to. In which case, I beg you'll forgive me. I shall not, of course, lie. Well, Voldemort said that he only killed my mother because she tried to stop him from killing me. But why would he want to kill me in the first place? Dumbledore sighed deeply this time. Alas, the first thing you ask me, I cannot tell you. Not today. (sighs) Dumbledore. Gosh. Not now. You will know one day. Put it from your mind for now, Harry. When you are older. I know you hate to hear this. When you are ready, you will know. And Harry knew it would be no good to argue. But why couldn't Quirrell touch me? Your mother died to save you. It is the one thing Voldemort cannot understand. It is love. He didn't realize that love as powerful as your mother's love for you. Okay. He didn't didn't realize that love as powerful as your mother's for you leaves its own mark. Not a scar, no visible sign to have been loved so deeply, even though the person who loved us is gone, will give us some protection forever. It is in your very skin. Quirrell, full of hatred, greed, and ambition, sharing his soul with Voldemort, could not touch you for this reason. It was agony to touch a person marked by something so good. So it was the love of Harry's mother. Mm -hmm. She sacrificed herself for Harry, which gave him a protection over his blood, a love protection. Well, that's a little less climactic, I guess, but I'll go with it. That's good. (laughs) Dumbledore now became very interested in a bird out on the windowsill, which gave Harry time to dry his eyes on the sheet. When he had found his voice again, Harry said, And the invisibility cloak, do you know who sent it to me? Ah, your father happened to leave it in my possession, and I thought you might like it. Dumbledore's eyes twinkled. Useful things. Your father used it mainly for sneaking off to the kitchen to steal food when he was here. Is that what you had predicted? Hmm, no, it wasn't. It is what you'd predicted. Wait, that it was Harry's father's? No, that Dumbledore gave Harry the cloak. Oh, yes. Okay, sweet. 
So that prediction is resolved. That's our first resolved prediction. And I got it right. And you got it right. One for one. I like that. Shooting 100% there. Okay. Where was I? And there's something else. Fire away. Quill said Snape. Professor Snape, Harry. (laughs) Yes, him. Quill said he hates me because he hated my father. Is that true? Well, they did rather detest each other. Not unlike yourself and Mr. Malfoy. And then, your father did something Snape could never forgive. What? He saved his life. What? Yes, said Dumbledore dreamily. Funny the way people's minds work, isn't it? Professor Snape couldn't bear being in your father's debt. I do believe he worked so hard to protect you this year because he felt that would make him and your father even. Then he could go back to hating your father's memory in peace. (laughs) Harry tried to understand this, but it made his head pound, so he stopped. Sir, there's one more thing. Just the one? How did I get the stone out of the mirror? Ah, now I'm glad you asked me about that. It was one of my more brilliant ideas, and between you and me, that's saying something. You see, only one who wanted to find the stone, find it, but not use it, would be able to get it. Otherwise, they'd just see themselves making gold or drinking elixir of life. My brain surprises even me sometimes. Now, enough questions. I suggest you make a start on these sweets. Ah, Birdie bots every flavored beans. I was unfortunate enough in my youth to come across a vomit-flavored one, and since then I'm afraid I've rather lost my liking for them. But I think I'll be safe with a nice toffee, don't you? He smiled and popped the golden brown bean into his mouth. Then he choked and said, Alas, earwax. Jeez. What do you think? Harry got the cloak from Dumbledore. Snape was saved by Harry's dad. It's just really hard for me to accept the fact that Snape isn't... Like, it's really... I have to transfer, like, all my dislike from Snape to Quirrell. Yeah, that's that's a quick quick ask. You just have to do that on the fly. Yeah, because it's been building up for 16 chapters. Yeah. And then it's like, just kidding, it's Quirrell. So, I still don't... I don't know, I still don't believe Snape is, like, just out of the picture or irrelevant. Hmm. But, we'll see. Yeah, we might not have seen the last of Snape. We'll see how that goes. Madame Pomfrey, the nurse, was a nice woman, but very strict. Just five minutes, Harry pleaded. Absolutely not. You let Professor Dumbledore in? Well, of course, that was the headmaster. Quite different. You need rest. I am resting. Look, lying down and everything. Oh, go on, Madame Pomfrey. Oh, very well, she said, but five minutes only. And she let Ron and Hermione in. Harry! Hermione looked ready to fling her arms around him again. Hmm. But Harry was glad she held herself (laughs) in, as his head was still very sore. Oh, Harry, we were sure you were going to. Dumbledore was so worried. The whole school is talking about it, said Ron. What really happened? It was one of those rare occasions where the true story is even more strange and exciting than the wild rumors. Harry told them everything. Quirrell, the mirror, the stone, and Voldemort. Ron and Hermione were a very good audience. They gasped in all the right places, like you. (gasps) And when Harry told them what was under Quirrell's turban, Hermione screamed out loud. (laughs) So the stone's gone, said Ron finally. Flamel's just going to die? That's what I said, but Dumbledore thinks that... What was it? To the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. I always said he was off his rocker, said Ron, looking quite impressed at how crazy his hero was. So what happened to you two? Well, I got back all right, said Hermione. I brought Ron round, that took a while, and we were dashing up to the Owlry to contact Dumbledore when we met him in the entrance hall. He already knew. He just said... Harry's gone after him, hasn't he? And hurtled off to the third floor. 
Do you think he meant you to do it? said Ron, sending you your father's cloak and everything. Well, Hermione exploded. If he did, I mean to say, that's terrible. You could have been killed. No, it isn't, said Harry thoughtfully. He's a funny man, Dumbledore. I think he sort of wanted to give me a chance. I think he knows more or less everything that goes on here, you know. I reckon he had a pretty good idea we were going to try, and instead of stopping us, he'd taught us just enough to help. I don't think it was an accident he let me find out how the mirror worked. It's almost like he thought I had the right to face Voldemort if I could. Yeah, Dumbledore's off his rocker, all right, said Ron proudly. Listen, you've got to be up for the end of feast, end of your feast tomorrow. The points are all in, and Slytherin won, of course. You missed the last Quidditch match. We were steamrollered by Ravenclaw without you. But the food will be good. At that moment, Professor Madame Pomfrey bustled out. You've had nearly 15 minutes now out, she said firmly. We're almost there, Brayden. Almost there. Do you think that Voldemort, or Voldemort, Dumbledore did mean for Harry to go after the stone? Yeah, kind of. I kind of think he wanted to see what what he had, you know, kind of get a test for, is Harry really the guy or not? So you kind of agree with what Harry said? Yeah, I don't know if Vol- if Dumbledore meant to let it go that far. <laughs> oh this is actually gonna happen you're gonna die (laughs) yeah yeah but i mean it does seem strange that he would be off to london while this was going on so maybe not yeah maybe that wasn't the plan okay top of page 303 and we are almost done after a good night's sleep harry felt nearly back to normal i want to go to the feast he told madame pomfrey as she straightened his many candy boxes i can can't i Professor Dumbledore says you are to be allowed to go, she said sniffily, as though her opi- in her opinion Professor Dumbledore didn't realize how risky feasts could be. And you have another visitor. Oh, good, said Harry. Who is it? Hagrid sidled in through the door as he spoke. As usual when he was indoors, Hagrid looked too big to be allowed. He sat down next to Harry, took one look at him, and burst into tears. It's all my ruddy fault, he sobbed, <laughs> his face in his hands. I told the evil git how to get past Fluffy. I told him. Actually, can you do this paragraph in Hagrid voice? <laughs> I told the evil git how to get past her Fluffy. I told him. It was the only thing he didn't know, and I told him. You could have died. All for a dragon egg. Ah. I'll never drink again. <laughs> also lies. <laughs> I should be chucked out and made to live as a muggle. Hagrid said Harry, shocked to see Hagrid shaking with grief and remorse, great tears leaking down into his beard. Oh, Hagrid, he'd have found out somehow. This is Voldemort we're talking about. He'd have found out even if you hadn't told him. You could have died, sobbed Hagrid. And don't say the name. Voldemort, (laughs) Harry bellowed, and Hagrid was so shocked he stopped crying. I've met him, and I'm calling him by his name. Please cheer up, Hagrid. We saved the stone. It's gone. He can't use it. So Harry's at this point already like, it, it worked out fine. No big deal, Hagrid. It's fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Hagrid wiped his nose on the back of his hand and said, That reminds me. I've got you a present. It's not a stoat sandwich, is it? Said Harry anxiously. And at last, Hagrid gave a weak chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is this me again? Yep. Uh, nah, Dumbledore gave me the day off yesterday to fix it. Of course, he should have sucked me instead anyway. Got you this. It seemed to be a handsome, leather-covered book. It's like, thanks, Hagrid. <laughs> Harry opened it curiously. It was full of wizard photographs. 
smiling and waving at him from every page were his mother and father. Oh, best gift ever. Yeah. Sent owls off to... Oh, let me let me try that again. The the use of tur instead of two really throws me off. Tur. Sent owls off to your parents' old school friends asking for photos. No, you didn't have any. Do you like it? Harry couldn't speak, but Hagrid understood. And took a gulp of his beer. <laughs> I'll never drink again. <laughs> Not until tonight, anyway. <laughs> it's a feast, I mean. Only at feasts. Yeah. Harry made his way down to the end of your feast about that night, alone that night. He had been held up by Madame Pomfrey's fussing about, insisting on giving him one last checkup, so the great hall was already full. It was decked out in the Slytherin colors of green and silver to celebrate Slytherin's winning the House Cup for the seventh year in a row. Boo. I always pictured Slytherin as green when I was reading this book. No, Slytherin is red and Gryffindor is green. Like it's like a forest green, you know? You probably knew what you were doing. Slytherin is green? Yeah. Yeah, Slytherin green. is green, but, but when I was reading this the first time, I thought that Gryffindor was green because I didn't know what crimson meant. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you were six. I was. Yeah. A huge banner showing the Slytherin serpent covered the wall behind the high table. Oh, this is so good. Okay. When Harry walked in, there was a sudden hush, and then everyone started talking loudly at once. He slipped into a seat between Ron and Hermione at the Gryffindor table and tried to ignore the fact that people were standing up to look at him. Fortunately, Dumbledore arrived moments later. The babble died away. Another year gone, Dumbledore said cheerfully. <laughs> And I must trouble you with an old man's wheezing waffle before we sink our teeth into our delicious feast. A okay. waffle? Wheezing waffle, yeah. What a year it has been. Hopefully your heads are all a little fuller than they were and have the whole summer ahead to you have the whole summer ahead to get them nice and empty before next year starts. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> now as I understand it, the house cup here needs awarding, and the points stand thus. In fourth place, Gryffindor with 312 points. In third, Hufflepuff with 352. Ravenclaw has 426. And Slytherin, 472. A storm of cheering and stamping broke out from the Slytherin table. Harry could see Draco Malfoy banging his goblet on the table. It was a sickening sight. Gross. Imagine his, like, pumpkin juice is spilling everywhere. And then... He's, like, foaming at the mouth. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, well done, Slytherin, said Dumbledore. However, recent events must be taken into account. Ooh. The room went very still. The Slytherin's smiles faded a little. Ahem, said Dumbledore. I have a few last-minute points to dish out. Let me see. Yes. First, to Mr. Ronald Weasley. Ron went purple in the face. He looked like a radish with a bad sunburn. For the best-played game of chess Hogwarts has seen in many years, I will ward Gryffindor 50 points. Whoa. Gryffindor cheers nearly raised the bewitched ceiling. The stars overhead seemed to quiver. Percy could be heard telling the other prefects, My brother, you know, my youngest brother, got past McGonagall's giant chess set. <laughs> you know, as everyone knows about McGonagall's famous giant chess set. At last there was silence again. Second, to Miss Hermione Granger. For the use of cool logic in the face of fire, I award Gryffindor House 50 points. Boom. Here we Hermione go. Hermione buried her face in her arms. Harry strongly suspected she had burst into tears. The Gryffindors up and down the table were beside themselves. They were 100 points up. That's a lot of points. That is a lot of points. I want to see what McGonagall's face looks like right now. <laughs> McGonagall's mad. She's secretly pro-Slytherin. Third, to Mr. Harry Potter, said Dumbledore. The room went deadly quiet. 
for pure nerve and outstanding courage, I award Gryffindor House 60 points. Bang. The din was deafening. Those who could add up while yelling themselves hoarse, so Hermione, knew that Gryffindor now had 472 points, exactly the same as Slytherin. They had tied for the House Cup. If only Dumbledore had given Harry just one more point. (laughs) Dumbledore raised his hand. The room gradually fell silent. There are all kinds of courage, said Dumbledore, smiling. It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies, but just as much to stand up to our friends. I therefore award Gryffindor 10 points <laughs> to Mr. Neville Longbottom. Yes! Someone Mr. Knuckle Longbottom. Mr. Knuckles McLongbottom. Someone standing outside the Great Hall might well have thought some sort of explosion had taken place. So loud was the noise that erupted from the Gryffindor table. Harry, Ron, and Hermione stood up to yell and cheer for Neville, white with shock, as he disappeared under a pile of people hugging him. Oh no, I figured he'd like stand on the table and start pounding his chest. He had never won as much as a point for Gryffindor before. Neville was just in the negative before this. <laughs> as was Harry, I guess. Harry, still cheering, nudged Ron in the ribs and pointed at Malfoy, who couldn't have looked more stunned and horrified if he'd just had the bodybind curse put on him. Which means, Dumbledore called out over the storm of applause, for even Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff were celebrating the downfall of Slytherin, we need a little change of decoration. He clapped his hands. In an instant, the green hangings became scarlet and the silver became gold. The huge Slytherin serpent vanished and a towering Gryffindor lion took its place. Snape was shaking Professor McGonagall's hand with a horrible forced smile. He caught Harry's eye and Harry knew that Snape's feelings toward him hadn't changed one jot. This didn't worry Harry. It seemed as though life would be back to normal next year, or as normal as it ever was at Hogwarts. It was the best evening of Harry's life, better than winning at Quidditch, or Christmas, or knocking out mountain trolls. He would never, ever forget tonight. Wow. That's a... What a turn of events. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to leave the last three-ish pages for you to read on your own, and for our listeners to read on their own. Um, We're just going to kind of wrap up the chapter, and that'll give us something to talk about to start out next episode. Okay. But we are done with Sorcerer's Stone. We did it. Insert... Insert applause sound here. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a couple things up our sleeves, listeners. I know that Braden probably hasn't been thinking about the end, you know, post the book yet because he didn't expect to be done with the book so soon. But um, we would like to get into the movie sometime soon. Yeah. There are plans in the works I'm for all about that. the production team to head down to Lafayette so that we can watch the movie. We listeners, if you would be interested in watching us watch the movie live, (laughs) not over Skype, but over something like that, then please let us know. Post on Facebook, email us. We want to know if there is any audience for that. But our plan is to just put the movie on in the background and have the camera face me and Brayden, and you can just watch us watch the movie. (laughs) And you're watching Braden ask questions and be like, wait, what? But isn't that supposed to... And those kinds of things. And so you'll get to see his face preferably um, and my beard, I guess. Only your beard. As need be. Well, there's not going to be room for much else in the screen, I'm afraid. So we thought that would be the most fun way to do it is put out a video podcast and then just put the audio up on the feed later on so that you could just sort of click play and watch... And, you know, then click play on your movie at the same time. And so we're like the director's commentary. Yeah, that sounds cool. 
So that's the plan. Um, I would also like to do a wrap-up sort of discussion where we are in the story, how we felt about Sorcerer's Stone. Um, Jessica thinks, and I agree, that we should do a kind of check-in on our characters, how do we feel about our different characters, and then we'll be on to Chamber of Secrets. So what should I expect for that one? What should you expect for Chamber of Secrets in terms of the plot or in terms of how the podcast schedule is going to go? Um, I was referring to plot, but just didn't know if you yeah. could give me any kind of teasers. Um, well, there's a Chamber of Secrets and Harry Potter is in it, so that'll be good. Awesome. Okay. Um, there is actually a little bit of a teaser, which I will let you read, at least in my copy of Sorcerer's Stone. There is a tiny teaser for Chamber of Secrets on like the second to last page. So you can check into that. Yep, it's like there's an about the author at the very end. Right before that, there's a little teaser. No. No? Nope. It just goes straight to a picture of J.K. Rowling and then the end of the book. Well, mine is a much older copy. So that's kind of a bummer. Shock me that they're a little different, but yeah. So that is the plan. Thank you, Braden. Thank you, Hannah, for letting me take your husband for an extra long time tonight. But. I hope you're not too worried about it, Braden, because she did sign off on it. Yeah. No, this was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. So hopefully we got some good shocked Braden, confused Braden about Quirrell. Um, and we'll we'll get into all of our thoughts about that and recap it next episode. I mean, at the bare minimum, you got some extended Hagrid time out of me. So That is what the people have been clamoring for. <laughs> you got me coming off of three weeks of allergies deciding to read for 25 minutes straight. So that I'm sure was great for my throat. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. I do what I can. So thank you as always to Jeremy and Jessica. We quite literally couldn't do this without you because we would not know what we were doing. Um, And we want to thank you listeners for listening to another episode of a Muggles perspective. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, Hopefully it was, uh, exciting and worth your time. We, uh, If you would like to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. You can like us on Facebook. We have an Instagram. We do. At Muggles Perspective. Um, and as we've said in previous episodes, um, if there are ideas you have of things you think would be fun for Rogi to ask me or some sort of, um, I don't know, segment of the show, segment idea you have, feel free to pitch those at us. Um, you can... Uh, communicate with us on any of the social media platforms I just described, or I think we have an email address. Is that right, Rogi? We do. Perspective at gmail.com. Yeah, so you can hit us up at that. Um, so I guess, yeah, just be on the lookout for um, me and Rogi's beard watching the movie. As you may have noticed, we have started naming episodes after amusing things that happened during the episode, things that amused us at least. So episode seven was called Patronus Paintus. Episode eight, my vote is for extended Hagrid voice, but yeah, we would love to hear your feedback. If there, if several <laughs> of you like a, like an idea for a title, we'd be happy to put a poll up on Facebook or something like that. So that Katie Roche, Katie Kelly Roche can, uh, be the only person that votes and get (laughs) (laughs) all of our and decide single-handedly what all of our episodes should be titled so we look forward to that katie Um, i guess rachel that's not fair rachel will get on there yeah did we have a trivia tuesday this week um that's a great question we probably did have a trivia tuesday i'm going to sort of do a big trivia tuesday recap on the next episode awesome so 
we are not going to belabor this episode any longer with that, but look forward to that. We have had some great participation. We appreciate that, that greatly. I haven't done it every single week because we haven't had tons of people, so I didn't want to overload you hmm. with that. So Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.